This podcast may contain strong language, references of a sexual nature, and bad advice. When life gets you down, your car just won't start. It's time for agony art. If you've reached a dead end, you're not sure what to do. Well, agony art is for you. At times life is grand, you've got the world in your hands. Then somehow you drop that ball. Instead of watching it fall, give Agony Art a call. Welcome to Agony Art, the Agony Art podcast in which we try to solve your problems not by using our own brain power, but instead by telling you how those problems were solved in the great art of our age. And when we inevitably fail to solve those problems, at least you're left with a fun reading, listening, and watching list to enjoy in your spare time. My name is Aaron. I'm an author, an occasional reader of books, and I have Carl, our film fan, and Liam, our music maestro, here with me in our swanky studio in my upstairs. <laughs> Say hello, lads. Who are you? What the fuck is this? This is my on? John Cooper yeah, Clark impression. Yeah, I it was. It's very good. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Although, he... I think he might say book instead of book. Book. Is Possibly. He, is he the poet guy? Yes. From, um... He's in a film. What film is he in? Like Football Factory or something like that. Was he? Possibly. Hmm. He's a pop culture icon. If you haven't listened to John Cooper Clark's poetry, uh, you should listen today. Uh, he has fallen in love with his wife. <laughs> it's a Plan B film, actually. I can't remember what it's called. I know he was in Control. This is my real voice, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, well... What, let's let's just start with the obvious. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> well, the reason I was doing that is that I've written a John Cooper Clark style poem. Ah, oh, brilliant! For Agony Art. Oh, oh. Ill, Ill Manners was the Plan B film he features in. Plan B is in Plan the B? musician. Yeah, do you remember yeah. him? Oh, he's very angry, lad, wasn't he? Yeah. But then he started singing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit weird, wasn't it? Yeah, when he was singing, he, he mm. seemed really nice. Remember? And yeah. then he started rapping, and it was like, whoa! Remember yeah, that, that song? I love you so. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, oh, oh, oh. I'm in the courts, in the witness box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, go on, Lee. Um, Aaron, let's uh, hear it. I quite like writing little silly poems, and I like John Cooper Clark's poetry. So I thought, why not give it a go? Try and write a poem like John Cooper Clark would, because he has a he has a style, a distinct style in his poetry. So I thought I'd give it a go, and I'm going to read it using my John Cooper Clark impression. <laughs> So that, he's people, just plagiarism, like, <laughs> so that people think that he really wrote it for us. Um, no, he's quite. He's a very funny guy and quite good humoured. So, so I imagine he, he wouldn't mind. Yeah, I imagine if he listened to this, we, he'd either think we'll what a you. bunch of wankers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's send it to him. He might endorse this. Yeah, he, maybe he might. He might. Yeah, he might mark it out of ten, like he does an eight out of ten cats. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, here goes. <clears throat> it hasn't got. It hasn't got a name. Untitled. <laughs> I sound like Gary Bardo. Right? <laughs> My name's Gary Barlow, and this poem is untitled. <laughs> Have you ever considered doing a Gary Barlow tribute act? <laughs> but only speaking, not singing. You, 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 do, you could make yourself look like him, I think. I can already You're see halfway why. there already. People used to say that I look yeah. like him when he started doing the X Factor. All right, here's the poem. If you've got a burden and you'd like to have a word and you've decided that you're certain, why not write to Agony Art? Because they can lift your spirits with their film quotes and song lyrics. Man, you really have to hear it. So download some agony art. Carl is ranting and he's raving. Liam's panting and explaining that if you can't endure the pain, then you should go to agony art. 
Put this on hold, there's been a mistake. I've just been told problems must be fake. Cause if you're folding on a real heartbreak, they won't know where to start. They're really not that smart. They'll tear your life apart. So please, don't go to Agony Art. <laughs> Very good. Bravo, you like sir. my John Cooper Clark style poem? I, I, really, really I think it was it. really, really good. What, what I like about John Cooper Clark is the, the, the like, I don't know, there's probably a name for it, but they're like half rhymes, aren't they? Where they're not really rhymes, they're like two words put together that rhyme mm. with something else, but it's, it's really clever. Love it. I think that's called a romanoclef, Liam. Romanoclef? <laughs> yeah. Is it? Carl's yeah. <laughs> such an expert in these things. <laughs> You picked an odd an odd episode to introduce that, though, because this is a special, isn't it? It is a special. This is our first late night Agony Art After Dark sex life special. <laughs> We're here to solve your sexual problems today. And if you're thinking, wait a minute, you can't solve normal problems, let alone <laughs> sex problems, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And if, if you knew are... us, you'd even laugh even more, actually. Yeah. <laughs> If you can think of three guys who would solve prob- sexual problems better than us... You probably just thought of three random guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but still, we're going to try. So, before we begin, I want to make it 100% clear that we are not here to solve your life's or your sex life's hardest <laughs> problems. <laughs> you should do this ASMR. All right. I want to make it 100% clear that we're not here to solve your life's hardest problems i've just realized i'm one of those people that doesn't like asmr (laughs) you don't like it so much that you're erect (laughs) all of our problems are certified 100 trivial and or fictional pickles and our advice should almost never be followed we can't even do asmr voices can't we (laughs) all of your impressions involve straining for a shit (laughs) we're only here to have fun so if you're having a really hard time i would recommend hitting up our website for guidance on who to turn to that's agonyartpodcast.com so with that out of the way let's move on to our first sexual problem of the day let's talk about sex baby my new partner is the most selfish lover i've ever had in general he's sweet and kind and attentive And personality-wise, we're as compatible as any couple I've ever met. But in the bedroom, all he does is take, and doesn't even consider giving me the loving I deserve in return for all my hard work. I've tried asking him to be a bit more sexually generous, but I'm not sure whether he doesn't understand, or just doesn't care. What can I do to get the sugar I crave? No, we don't need to make up a name for this one. Because it's you. I know. (laughs) No, I know who this is. Oh. We've got our first celebrity pickle here. Because, <laughs> Lily, you've already solved this problem in your own way. And you released a bitter song about it. Do you remember Lily Allen's 2009 single, Not Fair? It's not fair, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna make it anyway. I don't think that one was Lily Allen. Oh. Or called Not Fair. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, let me enlighten you then. Because I think after you hear this, you'll agree with me. Is this is fuck you, definitely fuck you very, very, no. That's fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you right back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So as far as the verse goes, it sounds like Lily's found the perfect man. You know, he really loves her. He makes her feel safe. He's very respectful and he's very mature. She says he's not like all the other boys. Do you know who Lily Allen is married to? No. Hopper from Stranger Things. Really? Yeah. Really. D.K. Harbour. 
Did not know that. Mental. That's mad. <laughs> um, can you remind us how this song goes? Uh, it goes, it's not fair and it's really not okay. Oh, it's yeah, really yeah, yeah. not okay. Right. Oh, is this about a sexually selfish lover? We get into the chorus and she sings, there's just one thing that's getting in the way. When we go up to bed, you're just no good. It's such a shame. Mm. She says, you're supposed to care, but you never make me scream. She's talking about... Is that selfishness or inadequacy, though? Uh, well, she, she basically says that there's one line where she goes, I look into your eyes, I want to get to know you, but then you make this noise and it's apparent it's all over. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and she... So we're calling her Lily, then, the writer. Oh, definitely. She even says at one but point... But just for legal reasons, we probably should point out this isn't actually Lily Allen writing in. Yeah, so. it is. <laughs> <laughs> she even says at one point, all you do is take. She's given herself away. This is the exact same phrasing as the problem. <laughs> He's really bought into this, his own conspiracy theory. <laughs> Fun fact about this song. Mm. First performed on Ant and Dick's Saturday Night Takeaway, which I thought was quite funny because it's like one of the most family-friendly family shows there is on television. Mm. And to be fair, you wouldn't know if you weren't listening to the lyrics. Like, It's like how Ariana Grande gets a lot of radio airtime and all of her songs are about fucking. Yeah, Yeah, I mean... You would little think girls, that. little primary school girls run around singing Ariana Grande songs. And if you listen to the lyrics, I had this it's like, issue about um, Two Become One Spice Girls, which is about fucking. Yeah. Like, Be a little bit wiser, yeah. baby. Get it on. on. I'll put <laughs> it on. <laughs> yeah. Because tonight is tonight where two become yeah, one. Yeah, but there's, the thing is, there's metaphor. Carl just did a sex <laughs> he did. Uh, move. That was actually <laughs> probably exactly what they meant, wasn't it? Yeah. That, that was, yeah. Beautifully yeah. demonstrated with your fingers. Right. That's the dance room. <laughs> um, I'm turned on. But yeah, like 10-year-olds would be singing <laughs> no, that. It's really oh, weird, yeah. isn't it? Man, but there's weird. metaphor and that's how they get away with it. Lily Allen was on Saturday Night Takeaway. One of the lines, I'm feeling pretty damn hard done by. I spent ages giving head. Mm? Yeah, you that's can't pretty, take that no. two ways, can you? Joe Ann and Dick. Um, <laughs> Maybe you can, can take it as many ways as you want, Liam. <laughs> I don't think, yeah. um, National TV Awards were a couple of days ago. Am I doxing us? I'm saying that. Probably not, no. <laughs> I, don't, I still do don't you? think you know what doxing means. <laughs> These guys live know. on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and it went to another break. Went after break, we'll find out if Anderton Deck will win the Best Presenter Award for the 20th year running. <laughs> <laughs> and they did. Good job, horror. <laughs> and I was like, crazy, isn't it? It's fixed. It's got to be a fix, isn't it? Well, yeah, the, the point I'm making is... You're not fooling anyone, Lily. We know it's you. <laughs> and the only thing, I, well, only way I can think that this might be slightly different is if you've somehow written to us from 2009 before you recorded the song. And if that's true, then my advice is don't release the song. It's horrible. You know. What is your advice to the actual person, though? Say it wasn't it Lily want, Allen. Because he doesn't, agree, he doesn't like Lily Allen, so he doesn't want to give her advice. <laughs> it's Lily Allen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you want to go, Carl? Yeah, okay, I'll go. Just, Let's just in case it's not Lily Allen. Yeah, let's, we? I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to Dane. I think Dane wrote it in. <laughs> so my mind immediately went to films most selfish lover, without question, James Bond. Bond, Bond. James, James Bond. Bond. Yeah, who um, you know one of the things you know most controversial things about him is that he um, shakes his martini when like. Bar people, what do you call them? Bar- not baristas. <laughs> cocktail, uh, cocktail yeah. chemistry connoisseurs or whatever. They um, think that's 
fucking crazy. So Was there a, a hint of sarcasm when you said one of the most controversial things about him was that he doesn't have his martini the way most people do? No. Because <laughs> I've never heard that controversy. <laughs> they say you you would never shake a martini. Uh-huh. Never. Um, and that is one of the most controversial things about James Bond, is it? People are always going on about <laughs> yeah, it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Again, shaking, again. Um, so, yeah, Except we all know. in, uh, isn't it Casino Royale, where they say, the make shake a point. third, and he said, I don't give a fuck. I said, I Do I look it. like I give a damn? That's it, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Um, which is funny because Casino Royale broke all of the James Bond tropes and then Skyfall brought them all back in again, which I quite liked. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you do things. Yeah. <laughs> so James Bond is always a classically suave, handsome hero, he saves the world, quips hilarious one-liners, on and off. Like mm. it's always, he's a one-liner, like Pierce Brosnan was Mr. One-liner, wasn't mm. he? You know? um, Daniel Craig does a bit. Hmm. But they're a bit more serious. But he's still yeah. suave, handsome. Best James Bond. Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. He's very good. Liam, who's your favourite? Uh, you're putting me on the spot here. Not really. <laughs> you make a decision. <laughs> I don't know. I did like Sean Connery. I know I know mm. most of those films, if not all of them, are really dated now. Mm. But I've always liked um, Roger Moore. Yeah. Roger Moore's a bit too comic for me, though. Like, he's... All the one-liners and everything. It's like, leave it out, mate. And also, like, Timothy Dalton in Licence to Kill. Licence to Kill was my favourite for a long time. can't remember anything about any of them now. What about like, George Lazenby? He always gets a lot of stick, doesn't he? But I didn't think it was that bad, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great film, though. It's a great film. Um, the thing is, yeah. how can you get over the fact that he has his martini shaken and not stirred? <laughs> I know, yeah. It's just <laughs> fucking crazy. But he is a selfish lover and he treats women like shit basically the whole time. And, you know, even when we were younger, I remember when we were in secondary school, probably year seven or eight, they had a, every Wednesday they played a James Bond film from the start to finish. I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't remember that. But um, a lot of people the next day would say, did you watch a James Bond film last mm. night? Oh, on the telly. I on thought TV. you meant in school. No. <laughs> so, oh, that'd be what so lesson good. was this? I would love that, yeah. History, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, on, on ITV. And um, it was great. Like, And every, everyone at school, apart from Aaron, watched it, basically. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't really... You didn't, like, obviously, we were children, but we didn't really think, oh, he's a bit of an arsehole. But mm. they are very dated, some of the early ones. Like, racism, sexism, everything's in them, basically. Every ism's in them. <laughs> Um, but here's a couple of snippets. So Goldfinger, 1964, um, James Bond uses a dancer, Benito, as a human shield and then throws her into an assassin and she gets knocked unconscious. Great. Well done, James. Um, <laughs> well he, gets, done, James. he gets away. Thunderball, 1965, the next film. Bond sleeps with um, Spectre agent Fiona, Fiona Volpe, finds out she's a baddie, ends up on a dance floor with her in like one of the, a kind of a situation. He's chasing her, they end up on a dance floor, and they start dancing. He spins her, and then she catches a bullet in the face and dies. And, yeah, and, and, and pretty and, consistent human shield <laughs> thing going on yeah, here. Yeah. The implication is he did it intentionally. Yeah. yeah. In On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is after George Lazenby one, yeah. is it? Yeah. Um, he kind of starts the film, he's committed to marrying a woman. Finally, James Bond's settling down. Um, but when he infiltrates Blofeld's secret lair, his, the whole plot is that Blofeld's um, brainwashing beautiful women to turn them into weapons. And so while all these women are brainwashed and victims of a terrible crime, James Bond flirts with them all and ends up um, oh, he does, having sex thing, with a few of them. the dinner table, I remember. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. No, that's terrible. Why, yeah. Why did I think that was a good film? And <laughs> to be fair, 25 Bond films later, he's not really changed. In um, Quantum of Solace, there's a bit less of that, but he drags uh, Gemma Arterton's character, Strawberry Fields, into his scheme. She's trying to stop Bond because he goes off the grid in this one. And she's trying to stop him. But then he's like, come on, help me. And she ends up dead and covered in engine oil. So, mm. bit of a prick. Yeah. Mm. And it's, um, as you say, can't believe we watched this when I was younger. It is damaging, this stuff. As an adult, you can look at it and go, that's not a very nice way to treat people. Mm. And you can have a balanced view on it. Most people can. Still, some people will be influenced by it. But as a child, it's more damaging, isn't it? Mm. I've recently played for all the Metal Gear Solid games again and the misogyny in those is just ridiculous. And I think I played for all these when I was a kid. Like, it must have subconsciously, like, <laughs> done a lot of damage to children's view of women. Well, all, all of the things I <laughs> Not just that mentioned. you're supposed to be playing those games. A lot of them are rated 18 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah. we shouldn't have been watching a lot of these James Bond films, but no, we watched all, them every Wednesday, All of those say. situations are built for a funny moment, essentially. Mm. Or an old James kind of moment. <laughs> yeah. Normalising his behaviour, which yeah. is... Yeah, you're right. Like, you must have... Like, well, we didn't think anything of it as a kid, so I must have thought, oh, that's funny, or something like that. So, um, And these things all just whittle away at our views of, hmm. in this case, women, but so many of these things in films and stuff. I mean, we don't get into many deep things on this podcast because we're not equipped to no. deal with it. No, <laughs> at all. Sensibly, but I think what we're saying is sensible here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I've, yeah, I've basically saying that he's a selfish not it's beyond selfish lover he's basically a, an abhorrent misogynist yeah but um to bring the lightheartedness back oh, quiz asshole. um let's play a little game uh yep. name the james bond film or not name the james bond film but name james bond films until you can't know more all right all right so all right. liam you go first all right well let's start at the beginning dr no the man with a golden gun goldfinger thunderball golden eye tomorrow never dies Quantum of Solace. Die Another Day. Licence to Kill. The Living Daylights. Casino Royale. Have you to a kill? Have we done... Um... He's got to be timed out by, by now. Day. Come yeah. on. You're out, Liam. <laughs> Let's go Sudden Death, me versus Aaron. Oh, oh, come on, give me a chance. I've got another one. <laughs> go on, Octopussy. Oh, he's going that era. Skyfall. Yeah. Moonraker. <laughs> he's out now. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Spectre. Uh, what's the new one called? And uh, another time to die. No, well done, Aaron. You're the James Bond fanatic. I'm not know. actually. I'm not that much of a James Bond no. fan. I love the new ones, and we recently mm. watched all the Pierce Brosnan ones. Yeah, and they are okay. They are just comedy, though, aren't they? That's all Bef- they're. Yeah. yeah, before basically any time before Daniel Craig, it was cheese, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Did we say live and let die? I don't think so. Oh, Live and let That's die. why I was pausing for so long, so I was trying to remember the name of it. I could just mm. think of the theme. Mm. <laughs> what, which is Live and let die. I was like, what's this film called? <laughs> but uh, do you remember the old thing was like, oh, men want to be him and women want to be with him, like that kind of thing. It's like, mm. no, actually, no one does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so what, was there any advice Yeah, there, what was or? the point? <laughs> oh, no, the point was that he's a selfish lover, but was there advice to get over that or... Uh, yeah, see him for what he is. Oh, and leave him. Either, either say, you know, m- mention it to him. If he doesn't care, like, 
there's James Bond must be aware of the many examples that he's been treated with like shit, but he's not changed. So if you can't change him, fuck him off. I think you pulled it that out of the bag right at the last minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pulled your bag out. I pulled my, yeah, my, my ball hammock. <laughs> um, I think you're right, Carl. I'm, I'm going to agree with you because it is hard if you really <laughs> like someone. <laughs> it is hard if you really like someone to, you know, let them go over, you know, something that seems pretty small and hard. Um, <laughs> like you know one thing that you don't like about them but it's a big part of your relationship sex especially if you're saying you know you feel like you're you don't get the loving you deserve if it's that important to you maybe you should you've already tried talking to him you say in your problem if he hasn't listened to you maybe it is time to just call it a day in normal people by Sally Rooney, which is a book I've read. <laughs> this is from memory again. I've done this before. I'm not. Oh. <laughs> I've got a terrible memory, so I'm probably slaughtering these. But it's a good job no one listens to the podcast. So, <laughs> Connell and Marianne are like on-off lovers throughout the book, and it was adapted into a um, into a series which was shown on the BBC. I think so. Did either of you watch that? Normal people. people. Normal people, no. No. Connell and Marianne are on-off lovers, and Connell's a bit of a twat. While they're at school, it follows them through school and uni, I think. As I say, from memory. Who knows? Maybe it's totally different. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's in between us. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Shit. And he's got his friend called Jay. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's a bit of a twat and he keeps, while they're at school, he keeps their relationship a secret because he's popular at school and she isn't. So he doesn't Mm. want to be dragged down by her social reputation. And if I remember correctly, he is one of those moody pricks that we've all met who like think that they can keep a girl under their spell by kind of keeping their self-esteem down and withholding affection and stuff. We've all met people like that, Mm. haven't we? Like people who... um, Treat people badly. Treat them mean to keep them clean. Yeah. Fallacy. Exactly. And it was a hugely popular book, which I thought was massively overrated, to be honest. I think the writing is just trying way too hard to be moody and have every moment feel heavy and deep. It's trying to be stylish instead of actually meaningful, which is um, something that my writing suffers from as well. So (laughs) that's why I feel qualified to give that criticism. But as I say, it's hugely popular, so... Although I've criticised it, Sally Rooney, if she ever listens to this, will be sitting there thinking, yeah, shut up, you twat. <laughs> and we'll be thinking, oh my God, Sally Rooney's listening to our podcast. <laughs> sitting on a golden throne. <laughs> yeah, if John Cooper Clark promotes this podcast and <laughs> Sally Rooney ends up listening to it. <laughs> Are they close friends? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, the upshot is that as hard as it would have been for these two absolute flannels in this book to just leave each other and live happily ever after without going back to each other over and over again it would have been best for them and you know as hard as that decision will be to come to for you it might be the right one lily slash dane you've already tried you've already tried the number one most sensible course of action which is just talking about it saying look i think you're a selfish lover can you do something about that and if he hasn't changed his ways as carl says if you can't change him, then 
just end it I think go out there and find someone else who will lick you up and you down until you say stop <laughs> and who knows if you really really like him if you leave him now maybe he'll be like Connell is in normal people and come back to you later begging for another chance mm. maybe he will have changed to keep you this time good who song knows? good song example Chicago if you leave me now take away the biggest part is that by Chicago the- yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut the jingle in there. <laughs> a ranger came arranging to Old Town one fine day. The townsfolk came to meet him. They heard what he had to say. He said, I hear this town's got problems. Some outlaws on the run. And I've come to solve these problems. With my problem gun Word soon got to these outlaws About a ranger new in town And they soon came out of hiding To put this ranger down They laughed when they first saw him Beneath the high noon sun But he soon stopped them from laughing With his problem gun Problem gun Problem gun yeah, the ranger solved their problems With his problem gun Okay, you ready for problem two, lads? Certainly am. Yeah, boy. I want to try out this new sexual thing I heard about. But my husband isn't as sexually open-minded as I am. And I'm worried that he'll think I'm weird for even suggesting it. As a result, I've got no idea how to bring it up. You guys sound like you've been around the block a few times. How would you do it? Do we? I don't know how she's... Do you think that when we're solving problems, we come across as sexually experienced people? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing a podcast. (laughs) That should tell you we have no sexual experience. (laughs) Um, So who's who's writing in? Yeah, who who, uh, wants to do something a, Mm. a bit out there but is a bit embarrassed about it? Can we think of any of those examples? I'll tell you who does things that are out there. Evil Knievel. <laughs> he does, yeah. He, he tests his boundaries of everything. So, yeah. evil. Or Mr. Knievel. Mr. Yeah. Knievel to you. <laughs> <laughs> Meat, pie, sausage roll. <laughs> Stick them all up my bomb hole. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's the sexual thing she's... Suggesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's real. I'll be open to that, yeah. <laughs> as long as there's spare sausage rolls up the, on the side to like snap my mouth hole. <laughs> this, is, this is one thing I hate when people start involving food. Perfectly good food that they could eat. Oh, what if they eat it as part of it, though? Pizza It doesn't have to be shoved up your ass, up, Liam. No. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, we've told you this for so many years. Not everything has to be shoved up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine just laying there with a pizza on your chest, just taking a slice as and when. Why would oh, I want it yeah. on my chest? <laughs> if, it's, if it's on my chest and it's... It's dough side down. You're not making a mess. If it's, if it's comfortable... <laughs> Liam was thinking cheese side down. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it's comfortable, then it's not going to be hot enough to enjoy. Yeah. And if it is hot enough to enjoy, it's going to be really uncomfortable. All right, who wants to help Mr. Knievel first? Yeah, I can. I need a volunteer to help with um, Agony Art Theatre Group's rendition of Demolition Man. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll, I'll join in. <laughs> To Demolition Man 1993, directed by Marco Brambia. So really, let's we'll go through this little segment, and then I'll let you know what the point is. 
right. So Aaron, you're playing Sandra Bullock, who um, is Huxley. For a little bit of context, uh, Sylvester Stallone plays John Spartan, who was arrested and tried for fucking up, basically, and killing loads of innocent people. He's a policeman, mm. slash army kind of guy. Uh, I can already think. see why this is solving a sexual problem. <laughs> yeah. can, can you just detail yeah. how many people did he kill and how? Um, I think he blew up a building. Like, so I haven't watched the film in preparation, but I've seen it lots of times, but a long time ago. Uh, I think he blew up a building trying to chase Wesley Snipes, who is the... Um, Blade. Yeah, Blade. His name in it is good as well, Simon Phoenix. So he's trying to stop him. He ends up getting a building blown up, killing innocent people. A few hundred, maybe. Not thousands, I think. And his punishment is to be put into cryo sleep for like a couple of hundred years, I think. So memory. it's based on a true story. It is indeed, yeah. It's that classic punishment. <laughs> but then also Simon Phoenix, Wesley Snipes, is put into cryo sleep for his crimes. And then when he comes out of it, crime's kind of been eradicated. When there's a when someone gets killed, is they go, murder, death, kill, murder, death, kill. And it's very rare. Like mm. they've got anti-graffiti stuff and, you know, it's crazy. Like there's no crime basically. Mm. So the policemen are all very like, The Ooh. two big crime groups, <laughs> graffiti and murder. Yeah. yeah. So, so Plaguing society. So their logic is your crimes were so bad that we're going to let future generations deal with you. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's, uh, it's not very forward thinking, yeah, is you it? Don't really, you, there's no real punishment because you're asleep and then you wake up. Like, yeah. There's actually no punishment whatsoever. <laughs> Why well, put it off till tomorrow what you can do today? <laughs> so um, so because there's no crime, the police force are very watered down and they're like they're basically useless when Simon Phoenix escapes. The only thing they can do is get John Spartan out of Cryo. So he's from the 20th century. They're now in the 21st century. Interestingly enough... They joked, so this is 1993, they joked that Arnold Schwarzenegger was the president at one point. Um, mm. And, you know, and he did kind of do something political. But um, <laughs> <laughs> That is an interesting <laughs> joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, well, it's good because Sylvester Stallone goes, President Schwarzenegger in it. Like, it's like, I can't believe it. Anyway. So, so wait, their universe has Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it doesn't have Sylvester Stallone? No, it doesn't. You're right, yeah. Um, so I haven't described the plot very well, which you guys kind of like, <laughs> that I don't really go into it too much. But yeah. yes, they're in the future. John Spartan, Sylvester Stallone's from the 20th century, from 1993, effectively, right? This is the one with the shells, isn't it? Shells? When he goes to the toilet and they don't have any toilet paper. <laughs> See, yeah. So this is the point. He's confronted with loads of weird shit that he doesn't understand. Mm. Um, and Sandra Bullock, who plays Huxley, should like kind of know that he won't know what any of this shit is. And this is a classic scene depicting that so Aaron you're in bold okay there's of course a well-known and documented connection between sex and violence not so much a causal effect but a general state of neurological arousal and are these um ellipses pauses yeah like am I supposed to be being oh, a bit nervous I thought yeah. that was your oh, okay. Sandra Bullock impression mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not a very good Sandra Bullock impression <laughs> no. I can do it as John Cooper Clark if you want <laughs> <laughs> and after having observed your behavior this evening and my results and condition I was wondering if you'd like to have sex with you mm-hmm. here now mm-hmm. oh yeah great I'll be right back and at this point she's gone to get changed or what he thinks get changed and then she starts playing music and Sylvester goes love boat there you go. Now, just relax. 
We'll begin in a few seconds. They've just put on headsets, by the way. It's context. Oh. Be- begin what? What at what point does Liam have to shout? <laughs> You're karate <already> shit. <laughs> Your sex is shit. <laughs> Your sex is whack. <laughs> uh, begin what? Having sex, of course. Right, and in this bit, they got the headsets on, and um, John Spartan's seeing loads of crazy shit, virtual reality kind of thing. And Sandra Bullock's really enjoying herself, and he's like, "Whoa!" whoa, whoa. And he pulls <laughs> his <laughs> and, he, and he pulls his headset off. What's wrong? You broke contact. Contact? I didn't even touch you yet. But I thought you wanted to make love. Is that what you call this? Versex has been proved to produce higher orders of alpha waves during digitized transference of sexual energies. All right, Huxley, what do you say we do the old-fashioned way? Ugh, disgusting. You mean fluid transfer? No, I mean boning, the wild mamba, the hunka chunka. (laughs) (laughs) The hunka chunka. (laughs) I told my wife the other day when I was researching this, that's what I'm going to call it from now on. (laughs) She said, "You're, you're divorced said, now, you're aren't you?" <laughs> um, so, where am I going with this? <laughs> so, the sex in this time for John Spartan is like a completely new experience, which he's not comfortable with already for, and not really been explained to him. Mm. So he's automatically like, "No, I don't like this." So, basically, preempt that by saying, "I want to try this new thing. This is what it's like. This is what I, why I want to do it." And let's just try it. So maybe if she explained, you know, what's going to go on, he would have been a bit more forthcoming. I, I don't want to tear the plot apart too much, but they have children, don't they, in this universe? Mm, you don't see any, I don't think. So they must do because they're not extinct. So yeah. yeah. So do they it's still probably, have sex when they have children? It's probably all like um, maybe they grow them in labs. Yeah, laboratories, not Labradors. <laughs> <laughs> Labrador's become surrogate mothers. So yeah, so if you want to do the wild mambo or the hunker chunker, just let him know, let him or her know that this is why you want to do it, and you know, prepare them. Mm. What was what was the advice? Just ask. Um, Just go for it. Yeah, but in the future, after your cryo sleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's the opposite. Don't just go into it. Just um, prepare them. Prepare them for it. Yeah. So the the, I think the advice from the music industry is fairly similar. To be honest, it's. uh, you know, I phrased it as be bold and be vocal. If you don't ask, you don't get. Mm. Yeah. So there's a few examples of this. Um, in Interpol's No I in Freesome, which is from their 2007 album, Our Love to Admire, Paul Banks sings, Babe, it's time we give something new a try. Oh, alone we may fight. So just let us be free tonight. And to be honest, there's actually varying interpretations of this line, depending on who you ask. Everyone generally agrees that the song's about a relationship going through hard times. Some people think it's a literal threesome. Others think it means having a child. Mm. Have you been on Genius again? I certainly have. <laughs> <laughs> and, and others think that it's a metaphor for finding someone new. So you add in a person to the relationship and eventually I guess you'll ditch, so go from three to two again. But I don't know, didn't quite get that one. So... You know, it seems we can't really be sure about that example, but much more direct is Britney Spears in her song Free, which was recorded for her second greatest hits album in 2009. I think this is pretty undeniably a suggestion of an actual freesome. 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 Hey, guys, do you want a freesome? <laughs> Sean Connery. How about a freesome after I've shaved a world? Hey, wise guy. You want a freesome? 
<laughs> so so Britney sings in free one two three not only you and me got 180 degrees and i'm caught in between later three is a charm two is not the same i don't see the harm so are you game and then towards the end of the song she takes it even further she says if you don't like the company let's just do it you and me you and me or three or four on the floor so i mean she's, she's getting into all five in a hive <laughs> <laughs> or six pick up sticks <laughs> so I mean that's the suggestion there really just be forthright and direct and you know maybe go further than your initial intent and see what happens they can only say no <laughs> go, <laughs> go all out <laughs> uh, well I'd if you don't ask you don't get as Liam said so if you want to do this thing and you know you are in a loving consensual relationship you're going to have to just steal yourself and ask at some point because otherwise you're never going to do it um however i'd exercise a bit of caution in how far you take it because my example is four by andy jones and it's another book that i've read yeah (laughs) (laughs) it follows the story of two couples who meet up for dinner after not seeing each other for a while and one of the couples is like a fairly new couple. They're, um, they haven't been t- together very long. The men in these couples are old friends, but one of them has a new girlfriend and this is the first time she's meeting the other couple. And she's young and she's pretty and she's flirty and they all get quite sloshed. They have a few drinks and she suggests that they try something sexual. So maybe you could try that. Just go out for a nice meal with your husband, have some fun, get in high spirits. Don't get drunk because you don't make sensible decisions when you're drunk. So suggest it when you're both in a very good mood, just in high spirits and you're feeling a bit less inhibited and embarrassed. And if he really doesn't want to try it, at least you won't feel too bad about suggesting it. You won't feel too embarrassed because, you know, you can blame it on the boogie. Oh, I was just having so much fun. Or you could do what we said in a previous episode and say, I was only joking. Yeah. <laughs> Can't believe you thought I was being serious. Yeah, put sausage rolls in there. <laughs> <laughs> you eat sausage rolls. <laughs> However, as I say, mine also comes with a word of caution because um, the, in, the, in this book, what they try is a couple swap. Basically, they each mm. have sex with each other's partners and... It goes very wrong. I won't go into detail because there's no need to spoil it to make my point, but it goes about as well as you could expect sleeping with your best friend's wife. (laughs) Could go. It sounds like such a sensible idea. (laughs) Uh, And it's also not a very good book. Now, I keep slagging books off in this episode, (laughs) but I found that once I read them, I find that they're shit. (laughs) No, some people love it. Do you finish a book you don't like? Yeah, I can't DNF. Did not finish. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Mr. Knievel, I hope that that helped. Um, does anyone have any wrap-up points for Mr. Knievel? Um, I've got one. Um, Hunker Chunker, according to um, Urban Dictionary, is a noun, a slang term for sexual intercourse without withdrawal at the point of ejaculation, made popular by the film Demolition Man. Oh. Lay me down next to this roaring fire and do the Hunker Chunker to me all evening, is the example. <laughs> and maybe that's how they could word it. When they're suggesting this thing to their husband. Yeah. Well, it sounds <laughs> nice, by the fire. Problems. We all got Problems. We all got Problems. We all got So let's try and solve some problems. Let's move on to problem three. 
I had an embarrassing sexual experience recently, the details of which I don't want to go into, but it's safe to say that my girlfriend and I were both left disappointed. She said all the right things, that it was fine, she loves me anyway, I shouldn't be ashamed, etc. But even though she's been nice about it, I still feel like something has changed. When she looks at me with those come-to-bed eyes now, I feel like there's something else in that look. Like she's thinking about that night and wishes she'd made better choices before she met me. Am I imagining things because I'm embarrassed, or do I need to address this? It's quite a leap, isn't it? Like, to go from one incident to... I bet she wishes she'd never met me. <laughs> it, it's an ingredient of insecurity, isn't it? Mm. Oh, it must mean that he thinks that sex ranks like the number one reason for them being together. Sex is the number one reason I'm your friend, Carl. Is it? Mm. Oh, yeah. Are you two friends with benefits? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting many benefits at the moment. You're <laughs> getting any benefits, are you? <laughs> um... So who's insecure or who's a friend with benefits, Justin? All right. Justin? <laughs> so Justin, I'm going to take the first, I'm going to take the lead on this one. And I'm going to tell you that you don't need to worry. As Carl says, I think you're going a bit too far. You've let your mind run away from you and you've become too worried over a small thing, relatively small. And to prove it, I'm going to read you some quotes from books which have been nominated in the Bad Sex in Fiction Awards which has been running since 1993. How does... What's the award for? Bad sex in fiction? Yeah. It's like a bad sex scene. Yeah. In a book. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly that, Carl. (laughs) A bit like the raspberries for film. They're not... Obviously, it's not an award you want. Or the Carbuncle Award for architecture. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Now, as I say, it's not an award you want, but nominees over the years have included Stephen King... Tony Blair and friend of the show Morrissey. What? <laughs> Wait, so, does Tony Blair have written a sex scene in a book? Yeah, it was a non fiction political book as well. Borrowed from his life. No, not really. Yeah. So, me and Sherry done the hunker chunker. <laughs> <laughs> she waited a quarter to interrupt us. Um, no, I think Tony Blair has written fiction, so. Okay. Possibly. Why does everyone books? famous write fiction? It's just easy Tony money. Tony Blair's done yeah. a lot. He was in a band as well at one point, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he wrote oh, Things Can Only Get Better. <laughs> That's Brian Cox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, my point is, all of those people are, you know, they're still well famous and nobody thinks any less of them. So, if they can have sex this bad and still be going strong, you can move on from it well, too. They wrote about sex bad. Bad sex, not had bad sex. Yeah, but it's indicative of their sex life, surely. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> is it, or um, is it just like they imagine these things might be things that happen, but they actually have no idea? Yeah, maybe they've never had sex at all. <laughs> um, and Morrissey, as I say, he was one of the nominees, and he was characteristically humble and good-humoured about his... Oh, Morris, um, Morrissey's just come in. What have you got to... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do the impression. Are you going to comment, Morrissey? <laughs> I'm not going to do the impression, but I'm going to read out his quote. He said... I have many enemies, and their biggest motivation, as you know, is to try to use all your achievements against you. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, he's always good-humoured. He takes these things on the chin, doesn't he? (laughs) Now, I'm going to read you some of these passages that have been nominated in previous years. I want to hear Tony's. This one? Sorry? I want to hear Tony Blair's. 
Uh, I haven't got that one. Oh, sorry. For fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> this one is from the Office of Gardens and Ponds by Didier Decoin. Katsuro moaned as a bulge formed beneath the material of his kimono. A bulge that Miyuki seized, kneaded, massaged, squashed, and crushed. <laughs> With the fondling, Katsuro's Ow. penis and testicles became one single mound that rolled around beneath the grip of her hand. Miyuki felt as though she was manipulating a small monkey that was curling up its paws. <laughs> Turned all, on yet, lads? We've all been there, though, haven't we? <laughs> My small monkey. <laughs> this one is from The Destroyers by Christopher Bollen. She covers her breasts with her swimsuit. The rest of her remains so delectably exposed. The skin along her arms and shoulders are different shades of tan like water stains in a bathtub. <laughs> her Ooh, face tell me more. Her face and vagina are competing for my attention. So he's, I glance He's going <laughs> Carl nods his head up and down. <laughs> so I glance down at the billiard rack of my penis and testicles. <laughs> How many balls have you got? <laughs> 15 <laughs> In a triangle We've missed an opportunity here to cross over with my dad wrote a porno haven't we? Yeah <laughs> So there you go we've got um, John Cooper Clark plugging us now my dad wrote a porno if you want to plug us <laughs> um, And this is by Winkler by Giles Corrin And he came hard in her mouth and his dick jumped around and rattled on her teeth and he blacked out and she took his dick out of her mouth and lifted herself from his face and whipped the pillow away and he gasped and glugged at the air. And he came again so hard that his dick wrenched out of her hand and a shot of him and a shot of it hit him straight in the eye and stung like he'd never had it in there. And he yelled with the pain, but the yell could have been anything. And as she grabbed at his dick, which was leaping around like a shower <laughs> dropped in an empty bath... He scratched, she scratched his back deeply with the nails of both hands and he shot three more times in thick stripes on her chest. The fuck? Like Zorro. <laughs> Great ending. It's just, it's just the needless imagery I love. Like the shower in the empty bar. It was me all along. Zorro. <laughs> oh. So... Have I made my point? I think we have. I think if they can get away with that and people are still respecting them. So then... as, as a writer, you write from experience. How, when is the experience of a dick jumping around? I know, and rattling on um, the teeth. Yeah. Is it a metal dick? I think, as this Liam is... said, hmm. it's not previous experience. These people have imagined this. Maybe they've had fantasies and they write it down thinking, yeah, this is a sexy thing. Yeah, dick and other people read it and go, that's not sexy. No. <laughs> that's just yeah. insane. <laughs> His dick jumped around like a fish out of water. <laughs> gasping for air. And just like that fish, it was slippery. <laughs> and then she fitted it. <laughs> she gutted it. <laughs> this is, I think this is probably why they say you should write about what you know, isn't it? Yeah. And that actually, if I may be so bold, that actually does segue a little bit into what I was going to Ow. talk about here. <laughs> yeah, I want to see this. Uh, I've got an example where someone has very much written about what they know. They've written too much about what they know. So for what it's worth, Justin, you did say, am I imagining this because I'm embarrassed? 
I think you probably are to some extent. I think these things are usually a bit bigger in your head than, than other people perceive them, aren't they? That's what she said. Uh, indeed. <laughs> um, <laughs> during my research for this episode, I made quite an unexpected discovery. Did either of you know that Spotify regularly publish a list of the best songs to have sex to? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> so this is according and to a this business... talk about sex, baby. <laughs> they they've That's, done it. The song Carl puts on whenever he wants to have hunker chunker <laughs> with Mrs. Carl. <laughs> so according to a Business Insider article from 2016, Spotify's data scientists root through all of the user-created playlists with titles alluding to sex and sort them by most streamed, right? And then they get like the top 10 songs to have sex to out of this. In October 2017, Lindsay Lanquist at Self.com decided that she wasn't just content with listening to these songs. And she published an article entitled, get ready for this, Carl. I'm strapped in. I'm strapped on. I masturbated to Spotify's hottest sex songs. Here's what actually worked. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, hell. Jesus Christ. You said you wrote that. <laughs> 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 Liam wrote one and then he googled it and he was like shit it's already been done it's already been done <laughs> I did all that masturbating for nothing <laughs> so spoilers here according mm. to Lindsay Sex With Me by Rihanna was a clear winner how does that go? I don't know no I, I dare not sing it just in case have sex you know. with me under my umbrella <laughs> Ella Ella <laughs> uh, here's a snippet from the article though just to give you a, a bit of a you know, a bit of an insight into what it's like. This is from her review of Jeremy's birthday sex. Is it Jeremy or Jeremiah? I'm not quite sure. I think it's Jeremy. Um, Dunno. She says, as Jeremy sang the lyrics, feels good, but I know you want to cry out. I heard myself gasp audibly. Brackets, in a good way. I imagined myself... <laughs> as opposed to surprised. <gasps> <laughs> Why would he say that? <laughs> I imagined myself having a dance floor makeout with my partner. And things quickly escalated as Jeremy sang of switching positions and getting ready for action. Needless to say, this song activated a fantasy that delivered an orgasm fast. <laughs> and the fast is in italics, just so you know. Super fast. <laughs> like my broadband. <laughs> so you might be thinking, what does this have to do with the problem? But similar to Aaron's point, if Lindsay Lanquist not only wrote this... Not only published it, but put her actual name to it, complete with a bio, on self.com, without feeling ashamed, then I really don't see why anyone needs to be ashamed of anything. <laughs> Obviously, there's no shame in having a cheeky frap while you listen to Spotify songs. It's just the writing of an article, mm. believing that would be something interesting for people to read. Yeah. Especially <laughs> with a picture of your face next to it. Let's put, let's put this to the <laughs> and test. And by the way, this is what I look like. <laughs> yes, I agree. Oh, I've got a point to make, haven't I? Sorry. <laughs> You're here to do your job, Carl. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So we've heard today from me about films most famous for Landera. Is that the right word? Yeah. yeah it's a Womanizer. womanizer, you're a womanizer. He's a womanizer, womanizer baby. Now we hear about probably our generation, at least, films most inadequate lover, Jim from American Pie, 1999. Mm. So American Pie, 1999, directed by Paul Weitz. It was quite like, well, 1999, we were all 11, 10 or 11. So mm. I'm probably not, not allowed to watch it, but it was like a coming of age teen. Yeah. Comedy drama for us. Everybody watched things their parents didn't know they were watching. Exactly, yeah. 
And uh, Jim in it is like, uh, his whole story arc is him discovering sex and what to do and, you know, masturbating in a sock. Mm. And um, Rite of passage. Yeah. (laughs) We've all done that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, While listening to Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, he's doing it watching a stolen video, porn video. (laughs) (laughs) Um, His friend Oz says to him, as he's a, Oz isn't a virgin, Jim is a virgin. Virgin Jim? 27-year-old <laughs> <laughs> virgin Jim. <laughs> um, Oz says that having sex is like a warm apple pie. And so Jim takes that literally and tries fucking a pie. More food again, why? Oh, yeah. yeah, and that is a sacrilegious waste for me as well. <laughs> yeah. Apple pie is one of my favourite foods Would you eat it world. afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> I'd eat it during, Carl. <laughs> Jim, let me get some. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like his dad is way too nice about it as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's like, we'll just tell you, mother, we ate it. He's a- <laughs> <laughs> um, what would, how would you do with that situation? You I say, what is your- wrong with you? <laughs> Get your dick out of that pie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the most famous scenes is uh, the Jim and Nadia scene. So Nadia is like an exchange student, very, Shannon Elizabeth plays a like, very pretty... Um, all the boys want to be with her, but she seems to take a liking to Jim. Jim concocts a way to get her to his bedroom by saying we can study together. For plot reasons, um, she's just had ballet and needs to get changed somewhere, so Jim says, we can get changed in my house. Mm. So Stifler suggests, oh, why don't you set up your webcam and we can watch mm. her get changed, which is very creepy. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, you watch these things when you're young. Yeah. You don't, that shapes your opinion of these things and you think, mm, that must be normal. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Obviously, most people wouldn't actually go and do that, but no. some people might think it is normal and go mm. and do it. Yeah. and These things damage us. They do. I think we should stop watching yeah. films, listening to music and reading books, guys. And then, then podcasting about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Recommending um, them at the end. <laughs> Jim, being the bumbling fool that he is, he forgets to like you IT guys might be able to help me with this but he's meant to be streaming it to his friends only but then streams it to everyone in the world somehow on yeah I don't think it's really explained on MSN Messenger <laughs> Did or whatever they using streaming back then yeah, well they had webcams didn't they yeah. that you could chat over like MSN or whatever but yeah. as Carl says how do you broadcast that <laughs> to the entire internet <laughs> on MSN yeah um, so everyone sees what's going on but so Nadia does get changed everyone's like well and then they persuade Jim well you should get over there and like you know say do you need a hand with that and she goes and she goes over she walks in and she goes Jim shame on you but she kind of likes it and she likes him so um, she he sees her naked, so she says, oh, you've seen me naked, now I need to see you naked. And she asks him to strip, and then he does like a really awkward strip. And then as Nadia tells him to lay down, and as, as she just starts like, touching his chest, basically, and he, um, um, you know, um, concludes <laughs> at the wrong <laughs> he, point. He, go, he goes off, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, he finishes early. Jizzes he in arrives. his pants. He arrives, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Why did you have such a problem with that when earlier you described the definition to hunk a chunk without batting an eyelid? Because that was just reading the and definition. And he was trying to be delicate at one point. Yeah. And then he just went all out and went, he jizzes in his pants. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, that. Yeah. yeah. I get that. That's yeah. what I meant. <laughs> and Noddy's disappointed, but she's kind of like, yeah, that's fine. Don't worry. Seemingly like 10 seconds later, he's ready to go again. 
and she straddles him, and then it happens again. And then everyone, the broad, people watching the broadcast go, again? Twice? <laughs> laughing and all this shit. And um, mm-hmm. so Jim's life is basically terrible the next day when he goes to school because everyone's seen his sexual inadequacy or what he thinks is. But in America Pie 2, Nadia is travelling Europe and wants to come and see Jim and wants to rekindle their relationship. And whilst it doesn't work out and he ends up with Michelle the band geek, the experience doesn't actually stop his sex life. He ends up American Pie, the wedding, number three. He gets married to Michelle, so she knows all about his sexual exploits. So he hasn't ruined his life at all. And I yeah. think there's another one about a baby. They have a baby, the I reunion. think. reunion. Yeah, they've got a baby in that one, or maybe two children. So, yeah, so Jim lives a good life, you know? Yeah. And it has a yeah. healthy sex life to where he ends up having children. So, don't worry about it. We've all kind of given the same advice, haven't we? You're, you're making it too big a deal in your head. And actually, yeah. if your girlfriend cares about you, which I'm sure she does, it hasn't made a, as big an impact on her as it has on you. Well, he says so. himself, she still gives him the come to bed eyes. Yeah. There is one more example that I was. Um, oh, were you done, Carl? Uh, yeah, I, I finished early. You finished early? <laughs> no, I think you finished on time, Carl. Oh, it good. happens to everyone, don't worry. Um, <laughs> there is one more example. I've been watching People Just Do Nothing recently. Have you seen that? No. no. It's a mockumentary about a group of friends who run a pirate radio station. Um, oh, pirate garage radio station. You oh, know. I would like this. Yeah. Sorry. It's yeah. It made me and my wife do MC voices everywhere we go. What does it take to be a garage MC? <laughs> um, the same as it takes to be a wedding DJ, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a running joke throughout the show is they've got this mate, Chibuddy G, and he keeps like alluding to the fact that he's got a micro penis. Like he's one of those people who's like um, he. Uh, We'll say stuff like, and what what about people who have chodes? Like, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's a wheeler dealer. He's a man who's got his finger in many pies, but he never actually makes a success of any of them because he's a bit clueless and a bit of an idiot. But, you know, that's the joke. And it is a really funny show. I like it a lot, especially if you're from our generation who grew up listening to garage music at one point, that little phase. Yeah. That. The UK went through. I always think because he kind of come back recently. Mm. I imagine like Craig David was sitting in his like flat in his pants eating cereal, massive bowl of cereal. <laughs> he heard a Gary show. He's like, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually in LA beefing up, wasn't he? Yeah, just going he to the gym. a great life. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, at the end of series four, he brings a woman back to his van, which is where he's living at the moment because he hasn't got anywhere else. <laughs> And we overhear them making love in the back. They've left their mics on because obviously it's a mockumentary. It's supposed to be like a documentary, but so we don't see anything, but we hear them and <laughs> she's saying things like, just thumb it in. And is it in yet? <laughs> and the whole thing is over before it's even begun. You know, Chibuddy's done like mm. uh, Jim. 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 His partner in that case isn't as nice as yours was, Justin. She says, I think, when he finishes early, she says something like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> something like that. But at the start of series five, it turns out that they're now a couple. Aww. Which proves that love can overcome those little sexual embarrassments. Even if, like you, Justin, they feel a big deal to the person who they happen to. But you might make a big deal of it in your head. But in reality, you probably haven't done much damage. No. Nope. I'd say. It's not a big deal in your other head. Okay, so with that that's pretty much all we've got time for but just before we go 
The time has come, guys, to recommend the number one piece of art from this episode that you would have people listen to or watch or read if they're only going to consume one piece of media we've mentioned today. Carl, what would you say? Um, I'll have to go Demolition Man. Great film. Hunker Chunker. It's slim pickings for me, but I think I'll have to go with uh, Interpol's No Iron Freesome. That is a tune. That was Interpol's um, height of their career, I think. They gradually went downhill from there. Was their third album, was it? Mm. Antics and that are my favourites. Second and third. And then, mm, yeah, is it like, um, like a Interpol's band? Like they have like yeah, a- no, they... <laughs> A lot of their lyrics are about criminals that are on their most wanted list. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen him? <laughs> it's how they spread the word. Okay. Yeah. He's wearing a cap. <laughs> All right. Good. Oh, no, and mine, yeah. mine is uh, People Just Do Nothing. It is it's very funny BBC Three comedy, especially, as I say, if you live in the UK and you went through the garage era there's a lot of illusions that we would recognize and it's very silly there's actually a film out at the moment called people just do nothing big in japan at the cinema but by mm-hmm. the time this episode is broadcast it won't be at the cinema anymore so. is it a film of the series yeah in cinemas wow yeah that's pretty big yeah big in japan big- <laughs> <laughs> but it's out in the uk <laughs> big in japan out in uk <laughs> yeah so that really is all we have time for today we hope that we have solved your sexual problems to a sufficient standard and don't worry guys this is the last sex special that we'll be doing this series because i thank god (laughs) i don't think anyone thinks that we did a good job of that including us we need a few months of um getting some problems together from our own experience so (laughs) yeah yeah because none of those were our problems no of course not no no no, i haven't got a chode Check the episode notes or agonyartpodcast.com to find links to all the media we mentioned today and for a link to the Agony Art Spotify playlist where you can listen to all the songs. If you've got a problem you'd like us to attempt to solve, you can reach us on our group Instagram and Twitter accounts at Agony Art Podcast or on the submissions page on our website. I'd like to thank our resident Agony Aunts for their contributions. Thanks, Liam. Thanks, Carl. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more problems to muddle our way through and more entertainment for you to check out. See you later. Bye. Bye. But I'd suggest keep it light because their advice can be shite and they won't be held liable. Oh no, not at all. Not here. But Agony are. Agony are. Bye. <laughs> no, the first one worked. Oh. Put them both in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.